0: Hello, coming to you live from Minneapolis, Minnesota. Welcome to Her Next Chapter, the podcast dedicated to sharing stories from amazing women who have reinvented their careers or lives. Could be total changes, could be side hustles. I'm Stephanie Pierce, mother of three, wife of one, former corporate exec, and now I am the founder and CEO of StephPierce.com.
1: And I am Julie Burton, founder of Modern Well, a female-centered co-working space in Minneapolis, and I'm the author of The Self-Care Solution, A Modern Mother's Must-Have Guide to Health and Well-Being, and I'm a mother and a wife. In each
0: episode, Julie and I will bring you these awesome stories about the power, pain, and laughs that come from change. Are you ready for your next chapter?
1: Hello, Steph. <laughs> hey, Jules. Happy <laughs> Friday. We know we record on Fridays. Whenever you're listening to it, it might not be Friday, but it's Friday it's here. Friday us. Uh-huh. Um,
0: it's Friday And it's a great way to spend a Friday. It's good to see you. Yes,
1: it is in person. Again, in person. You guys person. Were in person sitting next to each other.
0: We're going to jump into um, our guest for today, because I'm really excited. As you guys know, usually it's a friend of mine or a friend of Jules. Mm-hmm. We're on the Jules train today. Um, And But I just got back from Miraval Spa in Tucson, Arizona, where I relaxed, related, and released. And then I came home, and everybody started talking to me. And I was like, (laughs) maybe they need to go to Miraval. Right, right.
1: Why are you people talking to me?
0: Stop talking to me. Uh Don't bring me any bad news. So I'm feeling very... Zen. I I did. I left. I I had a little moment where I had to cuss somebody out, but I'm back. But that's okay. (laughs) It (laughs) was quick
1: from a Zen standpoint, right? It made me feel
0: better. Uh I hope they felt better too. Honesty. So
1: here we are. Here we are, and we have a wonderful guest. Another. I think sequentially, we we probably will have the British accents back to back. Right. Last week we had Karen, Um, and now we have Laura Best. Laura is also from the UK, and she is the founder of the Passion Collective, which is a community of more than thirteen hundred professional women who are helping each other thrive in work and life. Love it. I know, right? Perfect. Perfect. Just mic drop right there, right? Okay. For sure. And I love the name Passion Collective, right? I so do. right now, wherever you're sitting, if you're in your car, obviously don't do this, but you know, look. Google Passion Collective, right? It, it is a very cool thing. I actually just joined and I am very excited to be a part of this amazing group of, of people who want to help each other grow and thrive and learn. And so originally, Laura is from England and she spent many years building a successful marketing career in the UK and then in the Twin Cities. She started Passion Collective in 2014 to connect professional women with real conversations about passion, identity, and fulfillment at a time when many women didn't feel they had the permission to support each other to talk openly about their paths. So Laura and I, it's interesting because I started sort of ideating. I I don't ever know if I say that word right. Ideating. Ideating. Thank you, Steph. About Modern Well, like just a few years after you, Laura, like just like 2016, okay women together, connection, empowerment, right, so I feel like we were kind of like we didn 't know each other then, and we met kind of through modern well through work, um but we were kind of you know manifesting some of the same sorts of things. And and I'm just so grateful that our paths have crossed Mm -hmm. and that you are here with us to to share your story. So welcome, Laura Best. Welcome, Laura.
2: Oh, thank you, ladies. I'm so happy to be here. I just said it was the best part of my week, and it absolutely is. And Julie, I probably told you this before, but I spent, I used to drive past Modern Well on my way to work downtown and I used to drive past it every day and almost crash my car because I would be looking <laughs> in the windows. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, that place looks so cool. I've got, i got right? to find, you know, I got, I wish I could work there. And then I had to go downtown to the office, which is all good. But, yes. Yes, but then so. you did come, then you came around. And so I came around, I, I things changed and I, and I came in, which was, and I remember actually I came to Modern Well the first day after I left my corporate gig. It's the first place I came to, literally the next day. Well, you know, Mm -hmm. Laura,
0: I think you and I have that in common because- I think I walked out and then was I went to see Julie and was like, (laughs) remember all that stuff you asked me to do that? I said, no. Yes. Yes. To all of it. (laughs) Yes.
1: Yes. Yay. So, Laura, so you obviously have have been reinventing um, for quite some time now, which is which is amazing. And um, you've you seem to have done it with with just such grace and and purpose. Um, tell us about what reinvention means to you.
2: Hmm. Well, when I hear the word reinvention, I can't help but think of Madonna and her coney bra thing, you know, mm. <laughs> and we haven't, we haven't too, had that one yet. <laughs> I don't know why it's the coney bra. I just love that. I think I've always wanted to wear the coney bra. I don't know. Some Halloween That's food. a new one. Target <laughs> oh, selling for Halloween. That would be good. Uh, Maybe I maybe would need some leggings on as well. um, (laughs) I think it's
0: funny that we all know exactly what you're talking Uh about. Uh Right.
2: Like, yeah, I just it's universal, but that's okay. (laughs) Um, But honestly, when I think of reinvention, I think of Madonna and I think Mm -hmm. of her. Everyone's always like, oh, Madonna, you know, reinvention. And throughout the years, there's there's almost been this misogynistic piece to it right it's there's been people who admire her like I do and then there's people like oh there she goes again you know reinventing herself oh what is she now um and I honestly think coney bras aside or it wasn't really a bra it was like a whole thing wasn't it it was like a course, it was a whole I mean, thing a yeah <laughs> um it was a whole thing for me it's about becoming reinvention is about becoming who you truly feel you want to be And for me, it's just about exploration and play. And I think that's why I get drawn to the example of Madonna, because I mean, obviously there's calculation and there's, you know, money to be made, but she's playing, right? She's trying on different personas. She's trying on different outfits. Um, And I think that reinvention, sometimes people think that it's a, a start and a stop. You know, oh, I need to reinvent myself. Oh, I reinvented. I've done that. Check. And I really think it's more of a journey to find yourself. And I think sometimes it's going forward reinvention. Sometimes it's side. Sometimes it might be quote unquote backwards. But it's playing and figuring out who you really are.
1: I love that. And don't you think, like, like with Madonna, you know, using her as an example, with such a public figure, you can see how, how the judgments, right, how, how we... How we all, we judged her, right? Like, oh my gosh, she's going crazy. Oh, she's too sexual. Oh, she's too this. Oh, she's that. She's crazy. She's, you know, but like, but it's, it's, it's cool to think about reinvention in a way that we're all, we're all just trying to figure it out, right? Right. And, and we're all not Madonna, right? right? And putting ourselves out there, but we all go through awkward times and times that we're just sort of experimenting. And sometimes they they might come out all sorts of sideways and we might feel upside down and you know inside out but but the judgment i think i just i really because i found myself too like sometimes looking at her and being like oh my gosh what what's going on with her and what did right. she you know and it's like i think we need to just stop sort of judging each other right as we're as we're all trying to figure our shit out right, right. i like the fact I, that you use the word play Mm -hmm.
0: Because I do think it takes a little bit of the pressure off, right? Like if it's exploration and play, then I can try some new things. It doesn't have to be so hard and fast. It can be more exploration and an exploration that feels positive, Mm -hmm. that feels a little bit lighter than I got to shut down everything I'm doing right now to start up something else um, so I, I like that exploration play combo.
2: Yeah, and you hit on a good point, actually, that um, I don't think reinvention means that you have completely failed in your life. Therefore, you must completely start all over again and do something new. It's this sort of evolving Journey, and I think without kind of bashing the Madonna thing to death, um, I don't know Madonna personally, but I would guess <laughs> you don't. <laughs> oh, you know, one day, um, I would guess that she, inside she's maybe a very like her core is probably pretty solid, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and I do think reinvention can be external and internal. Obviously, she had a lot of external reinvention going on with characterization. Reinvention can come internally as well. But I think sometimes people are afraid to quote unquote reinvent because they think that it means that you have to acknowledge that you were broken Mm. or that you failed. And we all fail. So, you know, we failed. And so now I've got to, oh God, I got to reinvent. I got to do something completely different. And the stress of that, I think sometimes stops people from even starting you know, it stops them from playing and exploring. And obviously there's the massive constant fear of what are people going to say about us? You know, who mm-hmm. does she think she is? And it's a very, you know, real fear because look at what you're saying, Julie, with Madonna, of course, you know, when a woman does do this in public or, you know, even in a smaller public sphere, like in the twin cities, this is a small city. Right. And so mm-hmm. people do talk, right. but that it's sort of getting over that barrier to realize, no, I'm doing it for me. It's nothing to do with you doing it for me. I think that's the big difference. So, Laura, so, so walk us through
1: marketing career turned passion collective. And, you know, you're, you're also a mother and a wife and, and how, how that, that journey and that path um, went for you, what that looked like.
2: It's it's so funny because I've lived in the Twin Cities. It'll be 21 years this year. Actually, this month. Gosh, congratulations. 6th, it'll be 21 years. <laughs> yeah, and it's amazing because I'm only 24. So you know, right. um, <laughs> um, And I I arrived with a suitcase and a box. That's it. And I had mm. been here when I was 19 for the summer, so I kind of knew the cities. But there are still days, and my husband will say this too, he's British, there are still days where I see the skyline of Minneapolis and I have to remind myself, oh my God, I'm in America, mm. like 21 years later. And so for me, you know, the, the reinvention was coming to America, you know, thank you, Eddie Murphy, for that one. <laughs> um, but genuinely, it was, you know, I was born in a, a very conservative, beautiful rural town in England. You know, Mm. the next reinvention was going to university, which was a big thing for my family and and for me. Then the reinvention was starting my career in public relations and then it was coming over here. But honestly, the biggest reinvention came when I was laid off from the job. I came to America to work. I mean, I came here to work for an advertising agency. Mm. Nine months after I got here, me and many other people in the agency were laid off. So I was like, oh my God, I completely messed it up. I'm going to have to go home. Like, no, no way (laughs) I'm going to to do this. And so luckily I had a friend called Billy Gerowitz who um, we were drinking buddies at the time and he invited (laughs) me to join his startup Space 150 and I went over there as the second woman or something. And suddenly it was reinventing into a digital marketing person you know, which for someone like me was completely opposite end of the scale. And for many, many years afterwards, that's what I was known for is digital marketing. I mean, even now people will say digital marketing veteran and I'm like, I'm looking around saying, (laughs) who is that person? So it, it seems when I think about my reinvention, again, it's this sort of series of small moments that culminate in me still trying to figure it out. And Passion Collective for me came in 2014 when I was your typical road warrior. Um, I had just had my daughter Sophia about two years before, three years before, on the road a lot, checking all the boxes of the success that we give ourselves. So I was doing really well, I was, kudos. Um, (laughs) But inside I was not fulfilled and I was really beginning to question, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? You know, I'm good at it, but why? Um, and so Passion Collective for me was not an intentional reinvention. It was me uh, craving and seeking the community of other women and craving meaningful conversation about this stuff. And also trying to figure out for myself, hold on, wait a minute, what do I actually love? Like I'm really good at stuff. But what do I actually love doing anymore? I lost my sense of self by serving all these different other people, right? Clients, marriage, etc. So I don't really consider Passion Collective a reinvention. It's it's very much Stephanie like the, the play, the exploration, that I wonder if you know this is going to help me and other people. And thankfully it is. Um, but so it's all still do- merging together because I still do the digital marketing stuff. So right. you
0: know. So talk to me about how did you um get Passion Collective going. And by that, I mean, you know, help us understand how you even figured out what it is you wanted to do with this feeling that you had. Mm -hmm. Um, Julie and I love to ask our guests this question because we often have listeners or people who will come and tell us, I love to listen to your podcast because I'm stuck or because I have a sense of what I want to do or what I think I enjoy. I just don't know how to Make it happen.
2: Yeah, it's an excellent question, and as I tell this next story, it's going to sound like I knew what I was doing as I was doing it, and I did not. So that's the first thing to acknowledge: is very few people actually know what they're doing when they do this stuff. Yes. Uh, Mary, Sarah, maybe Sarah Blakely or something—you know, one of these big <laughs> entrepreneurs. I don't know. Um, for me, it started very small, and like any other entrepreneurial story, I was looking to create something that i saw a need for personally you know there's the classic entrepreneurial thing of there has to be a better way right and you know for me a lot of the traditional networking type things the ways that we were engaging back then especially as women just were leaving me empty i was going to these women's awards shows that were you know men were on the stage presenting awards to women and there was this sort of banal nebulous conversation, everyone would have a drink and go home. And I was what, huh? But honestly, it was for me to start with because there was this gap inside of me. And I also realized that I had, for somebody who used to talk a lot for work and be a voice for brands and senior leaders used to say, oh, Laura will write that email. She knows how to say these things. I had lost my own voice. I didn't know what my voice sounded like and who I was anymore. It sounds dramatic, but it was just that identity shift, right? So I decided to start a small Facebook group. I'm not a huge lover of Facebook, but it, it, is, it was there. And I reached out to some of the women I knew. So I started with this trusted circle and I just started sharing things that I loved, books that I loved films that I loved, crazy stuff I'd seen. I love this, I love that, it sounds so cheesy. But the minute I started doing that, people would share their stuff. Then I started doing little brunches and little happy hours. Actually, I used to pay for everything because I never thought people would show up and people came. And so it was lighting a really small spark and doing it for myself. And some people would say that's super selfish, but. OK, <laughs> I was doing it for myself and other people. It resonated with other people. Um, and so really, it was starting really small and also not putting pressure on myself to say, OK, I'm going to start a startup and I'm going to go for funding in three years and I'm going to make it this and that. And I'm, I'm not dissing that approach at all. But for me, I think if, if I had done that, I would have crashed and burned a long time ago. Um, this is about me genuinely trying to solve a problem for myself and other people. And as, as Julie knows with modern, well, I think when you start with a trusted community and people have your back from day one, then that truly helps you grow organically and grow in a really meaningful way. And that's what's happened with us.
0: And so, so tell uh, tell us, what does Passion Collective look like today? What do you do? How would any of our listeners either get involved or get more information?
2: It's a great question, Stephanie. Thank you for asking. (laughs) Of course. That sucks (laughs) later. Before COVID, like many other um, communities, we were an in-person event organization. We used to produce lovely, intimate events with beautiful food and amazing speakers. And we used to publish content on our website called Passion Stories. Uh, COVID gave us the opportunity to reach a much broader audience of women worldwide uh, when we launched our digital platform, which is called Passion Collective On Demand. And in that private platform, you can get coaching from top leadership coaches. We kind of sprinkle the fairy dust and we spark with coaching. We don't do 12-month-long you know 12-month-long coaching programs. We help to activate you with coaches who can really come in and help you rethink and reset. We have connection and we have exclusive content within the platform. Um, we also have public, uh, we actually are doing an in-person event next month. Yay. First time in a long time. So we're sort of going back out there in persons. We have public events that anybody can come to. You don't have to be a paid member. You know, if you want to connect and join, then that is that is a great way to do it. But typically we talk about coaching, connection, community, And all of that is intended to help you rediscover what lights you up. At the same time, it's not about Laura Best. It's also not about an individual passionado. It's about how are we truly as women coming together and supporting each other? So our digital platform, you know, Stephanie, let's just say, I don't know, you've taken up knitting at the weekend and you found out that you love knitting. And you knitted a scarf or something. I'm a terrible knitter, so I could never knit. <laughs> um, you can use the platform to share the stuff that you love, and it's a trusted place for people to give you encouragement and support. So it's not just about career. It's not just about relationships. It's about life, everything that goes in together.
1: Wonderful. Mm. That sounds amazing. I love that. It, it's you. it's a creative platform too. Mm-hmm. Where you're, yes, you know, I that's that's beautiful. Thank you. What would you say to our listener who perhaps, you know, like you were saying, is, you know, you, you hit that time where you were like, okay, I'm, I'm good at my job. I'm doing well financially. I, you know, I'm doing, I'm doing the thing, but I'm dead inside. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Like I'm just, I'm just, you know, waking up, going through the motions not really feeling inspired what would you say to that person who it might be there but just isn't sort of thinking about passion collective or they're just they know that they don't they're not loving where they're at what would you say to that person who who just needs something different wants a change wants a wants a reinvention however you define that what would your advice be
2: It's a really good question, because I think that's one of the hardest places to be, especially when you have obligations, you know, you've got bills to pay, you know, all of this that I talk about can sound very privileged, right? Oh, yeah, sure. Just like quit the job and do this. No, I mean, we all kids, parents to look after. There's a lot to consider um, as you look to change something in your life. Um, And often you need a support system to be able to do that. I think one of the biggest barriers, and I see this a lot with new passionados, and this is why I'm so happy when someone joins us, because it means they've got over this a little bit, is first of all, being really open to exploration and rethinking some of the assumptions you've made about your daily life. You know, we get into this routine and this rut really of serving other people before we serve ourselves. Um, And some of that is absolutely necessary. But I think if you can rethink, hold on, what do I actually love to do? Like, and also how do I want to feel every day? Danielle Laporte, who's a great, I'm sure you know Julie, she's a great online wellness guru. I don't know how she would describe herself now. Mm -hmm. But some years ago, she talked a lot about this, this idea of thinking about how you want to feel every day. And it sounds really silly, when you're down in the depths of feeling dead inside you're like well but it's actually incredibly important because I think if you think about okay how am I feeling right now (laughs) that can be a scary thing to even acknowledge first of all to even we can laugh about feeling dead inside right (laughs) because you know but when you're actually at that point it can feel very bleak and you don't want to admit it to yourself let alone other people So the idea of joining some community to talk about passions is like the last thing on your list because it's like, well, I I don't know what I love. So often I'll talk to people about, okay, well, just try and reset a little bit and think about what it is you love and try not to focus on what you are good at. Because certainly in Passion Collective, and I know at Modern Well, many of our community members are successful, accomplished people. And we default to, well, I'm good at that, so therefore I must spend 60% of my day doing it. But is it lighting you up? And it doesn't need to be a judge, judgmental sort of conversation in your head. You know, let's just say you're really good at spreadsheets, right, Julie? I'm not good at spreadsheets, but let's just say- I'm not either. But you love- Steph is,
0: Steph is. do like me a good spreadsheet. You're so good Mm -hmm. at doing the
2: formulas (laughs) and you just know all the shortcuts and you're doing it and it's just, you're so good. And in the company, everyone comes to you for these spreadsheets, but you just hate it and you're spending 70% of your day doing it. And also, by the way, it's taking up so much of your time. You haven't got any creative pursuits. You're losing track with your friends. You don't have to keep doing the stuff you're good at because you're probably good at many other things. And also, by the way, some people who feel dead inside, their career is actually fine, it's fine. Some Mm -hmm. people just want the Mm -hmm. job, right? I just need the job. Often the dead inside piece is, but what else is there? Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. and I'm too old, I'm I'm too busy. I shouldn't be starting or exploring something new we're not filling ourselves up with that stuff. So it really starts with asking that question, how do I really want to feel? And then backing into that.
1: Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah, because I think I think you're right. I think a lot of people, you know, even just in in talking about reinvention, right? A lot of times we kind of go right to default to like, career, right? Like, okay, Mm -hmm. job. But, but it doesn't, You know, sometimes we do for whatever reason, we have to work a job to pay the bills to, you know, but reinvention can come in all sorts of ways. Like, I mean, pick up knitting, right? (laughs) If that's your jam, you know, start a podcast with your friends, Steph. I mean, you know, like, like it can, it can be, it it can, there are things in your life that maybe you can't change or, or can't change right now. But reinvention can, can be, you know, social, you know, meeting new friends, right? Like picking up tennis, Um, you know, joining a, I don't know, learn how to play guitar group or, you know, something like, and I think, I think that's so good for people to hear. Um,
2: yeah, you don't it, have to, I mean, it goes back to the Madonna thing, right? You don't mm-hmm. have to completely change everything about yourself. You can just change your costume, mm-hmm, your, your right. stage outfit. Um, And also, I don't think I love what you're saying, Julie, because reinvention doesn't need to be a it doesn't need to be wholesale, you Mm -hmm, know, and mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that you can't go back. I've always said to myself throughout my life, whenever I've made a change, you know what, if this doesn't work, I can always go back. Yeah, whether it's a job, whether it's going back to England after nine months, um, (laughs) 21 years later, Uh you can always go back and most of the time you don't, but it can be so you could do knitting and tennis and maybe doing one happy hour a month because you're feeling like you need more human connection and it doesn't mean that you have to completely leave yourself behind mm-hmm. but it's this idea of a journey and exploring and trying on things that help you evolve and grow
0: you know i think the thing that's interesting and laura i'm i'm interested in your perspective on this one of the things that stops people in their tracks and it i am one of those people for a while is this feeling of, I got to generate revenue, right? Like I got to pay bills, I got to make some money. So we then end up spending a lot of time doing the things that we're good at, but not necessarily the things that we love. And so I wonder, as you've heard stories and listened to women kind of work through this, what are some of the tips or tricks or advice or counsel you would give to those people who are like, but Laura... I can't do this other stuff. I can't wear the Kony bra because I got to put on my real bra and go to this marketing job because I got to pay these bills. And so there's no time and I just feel stuck.
2: Yep. Oh my God, it's such a good question. And I can share a personal story of how I got over that barrier and it's very difficult. And some days I'm still not there, but also I see passionados in the same situation too. I used to think that, and I think we are trained to think that success revolves around a six figure number of a salary or whatever it is, right? From an early age, you know, even when we're going for the job interview, right? It's like the number is, is the success factor. Um, and unless you're earning X, and it's always the six figure thing, notice, it's like, oh yeah, they earn six figures, they must be really successful. Um, and it could be a hundred thousand dollars and one cent, you know, versus 99,000, right? Um, And I don't say that to sound like, you know, silly privileged person. I mean that what I had to do was literally sit down and I told myself, I said, right, how much money do we need to survive with a little bit of comfort? Logged every single bill, every single expense. And I wanted to come to, not on a spreadsheet because I don't like spreadsheets, But I wanted to ask myself, hold on, wait a minute, is it reality? Like, what's the reality that I actually have to provide for versus this idea that success is tied to a number that, by the way, no one else really knows what you earn? So it's up here. And there was quite a big difference. Now, it's not to say that it's easy because then you have to make sacrifices and choices. The car you drive, the size of house you buy, the, you know, there's a there's a pretty big gap oftentimes, certainly for professional women. And it can take a very long time for you to separate the idea of success from a number. The other thing we've been trained to do as corporate people or former corporate people is the consistency factor. And that is actually almost the bigger problem for many passionados I talk to is they actually do some of them are single parents and they need a consistent income because they have the consistent bills so they have to go to the nine-to-five because it gives them that consistency and that is fair enough and I don't think anyone's saying oh yeah just throw it in like do a Thelma and Louise thing and just get out you know no but the key is let's just say you've identified that you want to feel more creative or you want to feel like you're putting something of beauty into the world. Let's just say you're doing spreadsheets all day in your nine to five, that's paying for your kids' education and groceries, but you want to put something beautiful out there because spreadsheets aren't beautiful. Sorry if there's accountants listening. <laughs> um, so maybe you decide, let's use the knitting analogy again. You know what? I think I might like knitting because I like precision and I like patterns. Hmm wouldn't it be cool to make one of those fluffy pink scarves? And maybe that's a couple of hours a week while you're watching Netflix. And if you do that consistently, you can start layering on something that you love alongside or on top of something that you're good at, and you got to do. And it's this realistic idea of, you know, how do you want to feel? How do you get more of that in your life? We're not talking about I mean, unless we're going to win the lottery, many of us, we're not able to do that. So how do you fit it in and how do you layer it onto what you're already doing?
0: I love that because it's this combination of, because that's pretty much what I did. When I sat down to really meticulously spreadsheet all (laughs) the, what we needed from a financial perspective and then what I was spending, Mm -hmm. what I found was there were areas Of spending that were shocking, Um, Amazon. (laughs) One, I was like, "What? What is happening? How much stuff are we buying from these people?" Everything is free on Amazon, right? (laughs) It's
1: just a click of a button. Damn you, Jeff Bezos, at your door the next day. I'm like, okay. (laughs) So
0: it it allowed me the opportunity to do two things. One, be more realistic with what I what it is that I wanted to be able to do. So I was able to set the number of, this is the number that I have to hit. Right. But here's the number that I wanna hit. Mm -hmm. I gotta get the have to, but wouldn't it be cool to get the want to as well? But it did require me to also think about some of the spending that I couldn't explain, which would have been a great exercise, whether I was changing careers or thinking about changing my career or thinking about adding a side hustle or not. Um, And so I love this, what you said, Laura, because it's the combination of um, thoughtful, realistic, let's just keep it real work. Figure out what the number needs to be for you, coupled with this concept of exploration and play. Mm -hmm. So try knitting, Mm -hmm. right? Like you don't have to quit your day job Mm -hmm. to to try some things. Um, What I did is I went to some Modern Well events to see... What does it feel like to be in a community of women who aren't all sitting in corporate jobs like me? Are our stories similar? Yes. Can we help each other out? Yes. Mm -hmm. Did it feel um, kind of freeing to know and to hear other people's examples, even if their background or where they were trying to go was different? Yes. And I didn't have to quit my day job to do it.
2: Well, exactly. And that community component, I think is, is so terribly important. It can be very scary to walk into a room where you think everybody else has it all figured out and they're going to ask you, oh, you know, what is it you do? Or, oh, so what's your passion? I mean, that's what I think people are scared about sometimes with Mm -hmm. passion collective. And what I constantly explain is, oh, we're all trying to figure it out. And also, by the way, we have multiple passions, you -hmm. know, It, Mm -hmm. it, it could be this, it could be that, they can change. Um, and being in a a group of other people who see you for who you are we talk about the passion collective you know come as you are but more importantly take off your armor we do not wear armor in our interactions in our gatherings whenever I was in corporate I always felt like I had to strap armor on every day and not in a super negative way but I just felt like I had to sort of preempt and you know oh you know sort of That sort of strategy, even about navigating some of these worlds that you have to work in. Um, I think finding a space, whether it's Modern world, Passion Collective, whatever the community may be, is super important to taking that first step. And often I see people, we actually had a woman some years ago come to a Passion Collective event for the first time. And I knew her. I was so happy that she showed up. I said, what, what changed your mind? And she said, well, my husband said I shouldn't come because I didn't have the right elevator pitch. Mm. And I was like, uh, like Laura, don't, don't say anything, don't say anything. <laughs> um, I'm like, oh, really? Yeah. And, uh, and he told me what my elevator pitch should be because this is what you do when you come to these events. And I told him, no, that doesn't sound like me. And I decided to come. And I was like, yes. <laughs> and sometimes that's all it takes right? To reach out, like you did, Stephanie, reach out without the answers. She didn't know what her elevator pitch was, but she knew that she had to go somewhere to figure it out.
1: I think that's awesome. I think that's awesome. And I think too, that we also, I think the intentionality about how we are spending our time it is, is so huge right now because literally, we, I, I was just in writing class yesterday and, and we go around and do check-ins and kind of talk about what we're doing creatively. And and one woman started with, I am breaking up with my phone. <laughs>
2: oh, yeah. I am
1: breaking up with my phone. It is sucking all of the creative energy out of me. I mean, because if you think about your day, okay, so so you got to work that 9 to 5. You got to pay the bill. That's fine. But then in the evening, Right. Two, three hours can go by, like you said, Laura, watching Netflix, scrolling through whatever social media, playing, you know, playing games on your phone, you know, that, those three hours, that's where the magic is, right? That's where you turn off the electronics. You, you know, let yourself just think. When you're bored, that's when you're like, hmm what would be interesting for me to be doing right now right like that's where where ideas come or grab a book instead of your phone right or you know and, and i think i think that to me sometimes i just have found that the time that's being wasted and 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 creative energy just being sucked out of us because of our all of all of our i mean myself too i have to catch myself Our addiction to electronics, I think that is a real issue for people and people feel dead inside or, you know, whatever you want to call it. It's not funny, right? It it isn't funny, but it's like, okay, what are you doing? Like, because looking at your phone for three hours a night, that can make you feel dead inside, right? Well, and the reality
0: is I had somebody tell me once the worst thing that ever happened to her. Was um, being able to check her email on her phone. Mm -hmm. Because if you're sitting in a corporate job. You're working all day. Because you go home. And then it's just too easy to pick up your phone. Check that email. And what I would say to myself is. You know I work for a global company. Somebody is sending me an email. And they're on. They're someplace else. And psychologically I want them to feel like. They didn't have to wait. And. They were fine waiting. They were not expecting an 11 p.m. You know, they were like, hey, dude, why were you up? What was happening? But I felt very connected. I think the other thing you said, Laura, too, that I think is important is there are, you know, I have a really great friend who said to me, I don't even know what my passion is. I don't even know what my hobbies are anymore. I just don't even know. Like I and I don't know how to find them. Um, And I think that the answer for some people is being in community with other people who may have an answer or may not have an answer, but it helps to spark your mm-hmm, own mm-hmm. mind. But I think you're right. Like, I think, Laura, you know, what you said is very true. People feel like they have to come to events and activities with an answer. You can't go to the Passion yeah. Collective if you don't have a passion.
2: And I and do think I completely agree with the, the technology thing. And it's, it's an ongoing struggle for me as well. I love, uh, I kind of get obsessed with my weekly screen report, trying to get that down, you know, the time it's like, yes, mm-hmm. it's the next- mm-hmm. down 3.2%. However, I would also say that um, there is a reality to it, right? Stephanie, it's it. Sometimes, you know, it's extremely difficult um, in a corporate world. I've certainly had roles before where you hear these gurus say, well, all you need to do is set boundaries Mm -hmm. and you just tell your boss that you're not going to do that. And that isn't going to work. I mean, as much Mm -hmm. as these organizations like, Oh yes, we have a flexible working culture. I had one person say to me once, my boss said, Oh yeah, you can make your own schedule here, Laura. And I'm like, really? So I don't have to come to these 10 meetings, oh no, you have to come to those. Mm. Oh, okay. So there is that reality of the way the world works. And so I'm also a big believer in curating what goes into your brain and also really identify. So, you know, go into that social feed and clear that shit out Mm -hmm. and get stuff in there. Once you've identified the stuff that you love and that you want to feel sparky, I always talk about feeling, that's why I call a lot of passion collective things buzz. Like, I feel buzzy when I I get interested and curious and excited and connected. Um, So what does that feel like for you? And then find the stuff, even if it's on Instagram, hate to say it, but Mm -hmm, find the mm -hmm. stuff that's going to make you feel that way and find the stuff that's going to help you explore. So funny story. I watched the Netflix documentary about Formula One during COVID. I think it's called Drive to Lead, Drive to Succeed. I don't know. Formula One racing is a big thing in England, haven't really been into it before. Um, I watched this documentary and it was brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And you never would have thought that I would have liked Formula One, right? It's not typically a girl thing, that's probably a sexist thing to say, but it's not, it's normally a guy thing. And I sat down and thought about why, why have I really got into this thing? It's like, ah, there's intrigue, there's drama behind the scenes. It's actually a very interesting business very strategic world. There's sort of backstabbing, there's interesting personalities, there's um, adrenaline and excitement. There's all these things that I don't have in my day-to-day mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was just something that sparked me up. So now I follow the Formula One drivers and they're hilarious and it's interesting. So just an example of, and who cares what you follow, right? Exactly. If it's, making you feel the way you want to feel and you recognize I'm not just going to lose myself in this but I'm going to use it to help me along this path being the word you use Julie that I love is intentional you're being intentional about how you use that time
1: that's amazing oh Laura we could talk to you forever Thank you so much for sharing your time and your insight and your beautiful energy with us and our listeners. We are grateful for you.
0: Thank you so much, Laura. It was so great to meet you.
2: Oh, well, thank you both, ladies. You're both doing amazing work, and um, I'll see you very soon. Thank you.
1: Thanks, Laura. Bye-bye. Thanks
0: for listening to another episode of HerNextChapter.co. You can follow us on Instagram at HerNext.Chapter.com. And you can find all of our lovely, fun, fabulous podcasts on all those places where podcasts can be found. Please follow us and give us five stars. We'd be so delighted and tickled. And we hope that you're enjoying your time with us. Last but not least, hernextchapter.co. You can check us out there as well. See you next week.